Welcome back to the Bigger and Hunters podcast. Your host, Hunter Nidal. I'm still alive. Don't you worry. <laughs> and then my co-host, uh, Jeremy. I wasn't sick, but I'm also still alive. Um. <laughs> uh. The old COVID. The old COVID got me good. It's not my fault. It's my wife's fault. <laughs> Blame it all on Shay. That's actually she got it from the hospital. Yeah, that's what I. That's how I got it, unfortunately. And I got it from her, so I, I felt I didn't feel very good the day before, and then I woke up the next morning and I was like, oh, I'm doing okay. And she had gotten tested and figured out she had it, and then I uh, ran to work for a couple things and I started feeling like garbage. I came home <laughs> and then. Yeah. <laughs> so I got really cold. Like yeah. really cold. So I put on sweatpants, a sweatshirt, got underneath three sets of covers, oh boy. and I still couldn't get warm. I turned up the heat in the house. Finally, like started getting kinda ish okay. Laid there for like an hour. Finally was like, okay, well, I, I think I'm doing okay. And then it and then it switched on me. And you went warm? Yep. Oh, man, you were a sweaty mess, I bet. Yep. So that was that was day one. Day two was, I wouldn't say mo- pretty much the same, but a lot of migraine. And then day three, yeah, just wasn't the greatest. Wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> That's why I post on Instagram about not doing a podcast because I wasn't up for it. But yeah, he's down for the count. It's not my fault. It's COVID's fault. It is what it is. But you went and saw your puppy. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. So walk me through that process. How did you decide on getting a dog? Okay, so since Hunter spelled it out, I am getting a dog. Woo! <laughs> it has finally happened. Um, well, I mean, it starts with the house. I've been living in this house for three years, renting it, and my landlord was, like, on the fence about dogs, but never would lean far enough for me to get one. So now that I bought this house, I told myself that when I was done with everything, I'd start looking for a dog. And, well, it just happened to be I was flipping through stories, and somebody that I follow on Instagram... His dog and another dog had had puppies, and it was a breeder, and like, hmm. so I was like, ah, probably won't work, but I'll ask a few questions. Yeah, went over to the breeder on Instagram, just started asking a bunch of questions. Really good information, and I don't know, the dog is pretty much. When it came to what I was looking for for a lab, it's pretty much everything I wanted. And what's that? So. I love waterfowl hunting with you and Allah. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes when it comes to waterfowl, I think dogs are almost more work than they necessarily need to be. Now part of that's because I like to kayak hunt and I, you know, I, I have my ways. So I've always wanted a lab. Like that's been my dream dog for years and years, but I've wanted one that was like a really good pheasant dog. And but at the same time, could maybe do a little bit of both. So mom is like, 
he started to do te- test trials with her, but like I don't remember what he said that he could like made it so he stopped. Hmm. Um, I think it, I think it might be she had her first litter and then she just he never went back to it. Gotcha. But like she went three for three on her first. Cu- oh, he got sick when he went, and then he just never went back. That's what it was he was telling me. Gotcha. But she went three for three on her first couple for the first day, and then the next day he was sick, so he couldn't compete. So she's really good with pheasants. Dad does waterfowl, and then he also shed hunts, which is kind of cool. So very few. I mean, literally, there's the dog doesn't have mom and dad have no issues. There's no genetic issues in the bloodline. Great hips. So like assuming, I mean, obviously you can't expect that the puppy will end up just like mom or dad, but shouldn't have any issues with hip dysplasia, which can be a very big issue in labs. I mean, you're talking about you could have a two or three year old dog that might as well be not useless, but it's become a home dog. If it gets hip dysplasia, but it's kind of what happened to Nala or not Nala Blondie. Yeah. Blondie ended up, it was later on. I think it was like five or six, but it wasn't as bad, but it was one of those things where you couldn't, you couldn't hunt her two days in a row. You could hunt her one day and she'd be sitting there for a couple of days. Yeah. It's just, you can't, you can't run them pretty good. Like you would want to, but great eyes, great nose. Um, (laughs) <laughs> do you remember what I told you about Trail's dog and what I disliked about it? Like, yeah. I I love Trail. Trail, you'll probably listen to us. Zuko's not a bad dog, but he licks a lot. <laughs> Mom didn't lick me a single time. She didn't lick her owner a single time. Like, perfect dog. And that's big on me. I don't mind being licked by a dog, but I don't like being licked 24-7 by a dog. Yeah. <laughs> And so that's a stupid thing to desire, but uh, no, I, I'm on the exact same way. There's two things that drive me nuts with a dog getting licked and then barking. Yeah. And I am not mom didn't bark at all while I was there. Not a single time. And I was around her freshly born puppies. Yeah. So that was good. I mean, don't get me wrong. The owner was, the owner was there. So like, yeah. She might have behaved herself a little bit, but um, this dog, she's got a fantastic nose. Good. Um, So he's got, the guy has an alfalfa field behind him. Yeah. Behind his house, it's already a foot plus tall. I mean, the dog was disappearing in it. Yeah. And he threw her a couple bumpers just because I wanted to see her work. And so he'd throw it, and the dog would never see it, and she was going around. And I can remember one in particular where I could still see her in the grass. And, you know, you've seen Nala do it, where she'll go by it, she'll get downwind, and she flips. I mean, she just yeah doesn't really, like, not another step, just stops, flips on it. And I was really impressed by that. She did that several times. And so the only thing I don't... Like, love about the dog is it is an American lab, but she's about the size of Nala, though. Yeah. Mom is, and Dad's about the same size, too, so I'm not expecting to get a giant dog, which... Yeah, it's just going to have bigger paws, probably coarser hair, and a little bit bigger head. Her head isn't that big, though. 
Like, I was kind of surprised. I expected her to have a little bigger head. Yeah. But because I'm going to guess the females won't have that boxy head. Because, like, Zuko, Trell's dog, a dog has got a a box on his head. <laughs> or, like, his head. His head is a box. I mean, bull, bullheaded. I mean, nothing wrong with it. It's just, yeah. But I'm super excited. I mean... Yeah, I could see him have a little more boxy head than all, but yeah, it's probably still going to be a smaller head. Reminds me of, uh, I've got a customer that's got a dog named Sparky, and what you're telling me kind of reminds me of Sparky. Yeah. Because he's a smaller American lab. He's got, that dog's got a lot of energy, though. Good luck if that's your dog. She's got, she's got a very high drive, but she's got a good shut off. That's good. Which Sparky does not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love the dog regardless. I've wanted a dog for so long. So I'm I'm just excited about it. I'm a little nervous about it. Why? Uh, first time. First time having a dog outside of like, you know, living with my family. Yeah. Um, I set stupidly high expectations for myself sometimes. And I'm I'm gonna train the dog myself, yeah, you know, with the help of friends. <laughs> Who? Yeah, uh, I don't know this guy, Big Red Hunters. Um, so Dane? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe we'll see. Ouch! That's, no, that's that's some. I'm sorry, Dane. He no, don't shit. take that the wrong way, Dane. <laughs> Which actually, if Dane heard this before, I should probably tell him I got a dog before. Uh oh. <laughs> before. I haven't yet texted him that I got a dog. As he like pulls his phone out and just yeah, I'm just gonna send him a picture and see how long it takes him to respond. Trying to think here. So if it's gonna, it was born probably in May. It was the like. See, it would have been like the 22nd. Pups were two and a half weeks old when I saw him. Okay, so I'm. They're looking. Um. So yeah, mid like, mid to late July when I'll get the pup. So you're thinking it'd probably be like five six months in November. Yeah, I mean I'm not. I don't see. I don't know what all. Which I kind of wanted it this way. I wanted the dog. I wanted to. I wanted the dog to either be close to that year range or a little older when I really started hunting it. When I got one, like, my original plan was to try and get one closer to, like, September, October. Yeah. But, like, then I've got, like, a puppy puppy, like, just starting everything as hunting (laughs) season's getting rolling, which isn't bad. I would would gladly take, you know, portions off of my hunting season to train a dog and work with the dog a little more, but... Taking off goose season or snow or canda season? I don't know. I never get invited anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I had to do it. No, I'm just kidding. But, no, it'll be... That's why I said in, like, that five, six-month range, you could take it out and you can go upland hunting here and there. And Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> at least give it some experience. I would definitely get it out and run around. And the other nice thing is that at least the, the guy that I'm buying it from has a lot of private stuff where he's at and he's offered that 
once the dog is old enough, I can come out and hunt with him and mom, which I think would be kind of cool to watch mom and daughter work together. Oh, yeah, I never said that. It's a female. Yeah. Well, I guess well, I, that, I said uh, that to you, but I never said it on the podcast. I just, not that I hate on people that get males. I just, everyone I know that has females, it's been like really good. Everyone that I know that, everyone I know that has males have struggled at times. So, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing too. Most people you know are either, uh, I wouldn't see, I wouldn't say either they're not experienced trainers or on their first dog and yeah. gaining experience so that's why i got female this time around and honestly probably get a female on the second time around just because i like their instincts i like their uh temperament i really like females temperament mm-hmm. so and especially like right now nala's got that that uh she's very nurturing right now with shay being with her being pregnant, like Nala hangs out with her and yeah. you can tell she's really got that motherly so, instinct. So nurturing that she avoided me tonight. Yep. I guess Whereas I, Zeus is just yeah. <laughs> going to run the child over, I guarantee you. Oh, yeah. He's going to knock that kid over several times. For sure. Heck, he knocked over uh, Dalton's kid a few times. Audrey, just like, he just does not, just <laughs> nothing's there, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, it just makes it worse because he's a male, so he just really doesn't think. I don't yeah. know, but I don't. I, I anybody looking to get in a golden doodle, <laughs> just don't. I'm just. I'm trying to help you now. <laughs> They're just the mutts of the 21st century. This will be the one that Shay listens to, and you're gonna get an earful about it. <laughs> she she knows. She very well knows my feelings on she that does. dog. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that thing is a. I, don't get me wrong. He's very loving. He's a dog, I guess. He, he's a fun dog. He's just dumber than a box. Yeah, he ain't got many brain cells up there. But. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple times where he's like ran into something with his head. And I'm like, oh, well, there goes his last brain cell. Yeah. <laughs> Negative two brain cells. <laughs> I don't think I told you this part of the dog. So I I told you how much I'm getting it for, right? I don't think so. Right at a thousand. Oh, there you so go. So pretty good, pretty good price for a dog, especially yeah. for. Honestly, who's, who's for, the kennel anyway? Uh, I'm probably gonna butcher his last name, but it's like Swan Tech Retrievers. Gotcha. SRK is the abbreviated, abbreviated, whatever. Gotcha. But, um, he's been doing it for five or six years now. This is his third litter with mom. Gotcha. First two litters were 10 and 12. Wow. Yeah. So he was telling me, he's like, yeah, these ones, because she only had six this time. Yeah. So they've all been able to properly get milk, like, consistently. Yeah. So they're just, I mean, they're just fat little things. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. At two and a half weeks, like, they're just puddles of puppy. Like, <laughs> uh, it was adorable. And we were... <laughs> Poor guy, he had a mess to clean up when we left too. Cause so we took all the puppy, all the females out to look at him, and I held one for a little bit. And I mean, the thing basically just passed out in my arms real quick. Yeah. But we're just sitting there looking at him, and <laughs> by the time we took him back, I think three or four of them had just 
Hershey squirted all, all over this dude's like f- floor mat that he's got on his patio. <laughs> 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 uh, it was, uh, Too much milk. Yeah, no, like <laughs> you could tell that they did not have very much solid food yet at all. I mean, they their eyes and ears were just opening, and they were. I mean, you could. They didn't have much for teeth even yet. So yeah, but anyways. Main point. Um, so the price I got them at, I hadn't told you. I don't know if I'll ever do anything with it, but at that price, I get breeding rights too, mm. which is was crazy to me. Yeah, he because he just uh, we were just standing there talking, asking questions, and he just goes, "Oh yeah, and you get breeding rights." I don't. I'm not gonna. I not gonna stop anything there. And I was like, "Huh." Hmm. Trail really wants to breed dogs, and I, I don't know. Was Zuko? He said that he would get another dog if we did it, which I would, if if we ever did do that, I probably would tell him he'd have to. Which Trail, if you're listening to this, you're hearing it now. Um, <laughs> Zuko, do, Zuko doesn't have papers. Like, yeah, he. I mean, he's not a mutt. He's a purebred, but he doesn't have papers at all. I mean, it's probably several generations removed from papers as well. So there's not much tracking on Zuko. Yeah. And anyone who sells purebred dogs knows that your value goes way down if you don't have papers. But yeah, it's just you can't you can't track you can't track the the breed line and if they have any genetic issues mm-hmm. that continue down the line. But. Unfortunately, but that's that's why I don't like. I, that's why I'm not a huge fan of backyard breeders for pets. I get it, but for hunting dogs, I'm not yeah. a huge fan of. Yeah, because it, I, I just think that there could be a lot of potential issues. But then again, you can get a good dog anywhere. So yeah, I mean, that's just me. There's people that spend a couple thousands on dogs and. They're not great dogs, and then there's somebody who gets a just a two three hundred dollar puppy randomly, and it turns out to be this great hunting dog. But mm. I don't know if I'll ever do anything with it. I honestly, it's I used to do puppies with my parents. We had min miniature pinchers. Dude, puppies are so much work. You tried to get me to. Help I did, and I, I, I also told you that I would help out. But part of that was because I, Nala is a fantastic dog, and I would have loved to have had a little Nala puppy, <laughs> like she, I. But no, you just hard learn about it, especially now, the <laughs> disaster. <laughs> with everything I got going on, uh. especially since I. I sent you the pictures of that rental we bought, right? No, actually, you haven't sent me oh. anything yet. Yeah, so uh, everybody, I guess, doesn't really pay, pertain that much to hunting, but uh, cousin and I started a company buying rentals and stuff, and we finally pulled the trigger on one. <laughs> it's a forest right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does need some. Uh, it'll be fine. It needs some work, but we're going to... We're going to redo the flooring, do the paint, probably redo some of the cabinets and the kitchen a little bit, and then do 
siding. Well, I think we're just gonna strip it and paint it. I think, but we'll see what all we do to it. You'll uh, probably spend less money just painting it. Yeah, I liked it. I would love to do siding. I just don't. We don't have that type of capital right now. Yeah. So, the big the big problem for us was trying to get financing, just because it was through our company instead of our personal. So it was, it's tied to the company. So they they asked, they told well, I should say they didn't ask. They told us up front that it'd be twenty five percent down. Yeah, that's a chunk of change. <laughs> so, which hey, we got a lot of equity into it. I hopefully we can get it get it up and get it rented here in the next couple months. Yeah. Shouldn't shouldn't have that much trouble getting somebody into it. No, not I don't. It's close to Wesleyan, close to an East Campus. It's down down in the Havelock. So How many bedrooms is it? Two bedroom, two bedroom, one bath. You fit a couple college students in there. I mean, see, it's kind of weird. You walk in and they've got like a living room, dining room. And then one bedroom, and then a big living, like another living room space, and then the other bedroom on the other side. Hmm. Kitchen, and then bathrooms off the kitchen, which is kind of odd, but it works. And what yeah. do you do? Yeah. yeah, a couple college kids would definitely be into it. I mean, both the bedrooms are good size. Eh. Yeah, it'd be good. But uh, we kind of bounced around on this topic, so I'm just going to bring it up. <laughs> So, we're gonna we're gonna bring up gun control. Now, I know this is a political conversation, but I kind of want to introduce a new facet in this conversation that I don't think a lot of people think of when thinking about this debate. And I know that there, I've got friends that are conservatives, and I got friends that are slightly liberal on this topic because it is a hard and fast issue. Uvalde seemed to be pretty interesting from my point of view. The whole thing around just does not make sense. The fact that the kid that works part-time has two Daniel Defense ARs and has all the ammo and all the crap that he managed to shoot his grandma, shoot into a nursing home, crash a pickup, and still manage to walk into a school and then walk around the school for half an hour because the cops were outside Mm -hmm. being pansies. The whole thing just kind of stinks. And whenever I find a situation like these, I tend to just give it the smell test. Does it smell like shit? (laughs) If it smells like shit, it's probably shit. (laughs) So something about this whole thing just does not make sense to me. And then to finish the whole thing, an uh, off-duty Border Mm -hmm. Patrol officer gets a text from his wife, is getting a haircut. Yep. So, this kid had already done the thing with the grandma, the, the you know, crashes pickup and managed in the school by the time she even knew what was going on. This kid was already shooting. So, this we're like in half an hour into this whole thing, and he finds out, and he manages to, number one, get a shotgun from his barber, which, hey, kudos, and then get to the school, and then gets in the school and shoots the dude. My question is, why would he have to even deal with this? And two, what I just none of this makes sense to me. And now it's all based out of the fact that if 
you know, I think that there's, I'm a proponent of good cops. Mm-hmm. I'm not a just proponent of cops and supporter of cops because there are bad ones out there. But I'm a, I'm a supporter of good cops. And I understand that the, the old response to school shooting was to create a perimeter and then wait for SWAT to get there or Border Patrol in that case or the Texas Rangers. But <clears throat> here's another thing that's come out since then. They literally had the training about school shootings. It was like six or eight weeks before yeah, this a, whole thing came down. I was going to say, that they had literally just gone over the training so in school. that kind of takes out, so there's a either a cowardice plea or an ignorance plea. And you can't, you can't say ignorance now because you've got training. So I'm just saying, huh? So they're really just such pansies. They didn't want to go in there and take care of business. Like, I just don't, none of it makes sense to me. So I had heard that, and who knows if it was true, there's... Probably several different ideas that have come out trying to defend why the cops didn't go in. But I do know, apparently they spent like half the time they were trying to get in just trying to get a key that would allow them in. Bust a window. Well, let's see. That's what I would say. But some windows for schools are not easy to bust. But I agree. Find a way in. But... I'm not defending the cops. I do absolutely think that I would say a lot of them acted out of fear and didn't really do much. Yeah. And, you know, they're getting scrutiny for it for a reason. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, obviously they're getting all the, the hate on it, and I, to be honest with you, I think they should. Well, I mean, as if I was in the cop's shoes, I probably would go home after the whole thing and go, wow, our actions kind of... Led, what was there, 18 kids that were shot? Mm, I want to say 19 kids and two adults. Yeah, I mean... Two teachers. That's like... It's a lot to hold over your mind. Yeah, absolutely. And I just said... the for Getting back to the gun control conversation, you know, talking about ARs and that kind of stuff, and, you know, to, to an extent, I... I get the the frustration and the emotions of a lot of people, especially people that have no idea what what guns like they don't they don't understand guns. They really mm-hmm. don't understand other than the fact that it's a weapon meant to kill kill people in their eyes. But and to the, to some extent, I've been really trying to like see it through other people's viewpoints. But sometimes I think because of the la the the level of ignorance i think people just sometimes just don't understand the the issue what and what i mean by that is like you know you got captain dipshit named joe biden saying that you know we should we should just restrict mags down to 10 okay if you're a shooter that's worth anything and have any experience at all you dump the clip you grab another clip out of your pocket, boom, boom. Okay, you're thinking at most like three seconds. Mm-hmm. So does it really even matter about what size of clip you have? And the same criminal that's going to buy a gun, possibly illegally, is also going to buy the mags illegally. It's like it's not that you can't get them. Mm-hmm. So it's like that That ends that conversation. I, I guess I just don't... I don't understand it. Well, it's that 
that's the age-old conversation about gun control is like, well, they shouldn't have it in the first place. Well, they may not. Like, you can put all the gun control you want, and they shouldn't have it if there's gun control, but, like, they're going to find guns. I mean, I've never... <laughs> I mean, you go on and on about the whole guns kill people thing, but guns don't kill people. People kill people. Well, when you have... You know, I was reading... There's a few things, but, like, it, it really brought this up, and I saw something else on this, too, but, like... I was having their, I I was having their regular or their state trap shoot, and there were supposed to be like three thousand kids attending, and you know you got adults, and you there's extra guns there, but yeah, I think there's at least like five thousand guns there, if not yeah. more. And it's like there's not going to be anybody dying, mm-hmm. and how many rounds are probably shot at least? So a thousand rounds a kid? No, it's probably more than that because it's you have three rounds shoot, say ten rounds. That's 300,000 rounds that are going through shotguns that I guarantee not one of those is killing somebody. Yeah. Unless something happens in a manufacturer defect with a gun by mm-hmm. accident, not because of purpose. You know, even backing that up and going, you know, in Wisconsin, there's, what they say, 750,000 deer hunters. And between Minnesota and a few other states, there's millions of deer hunters out with the rifles that are more like more than likely using a caliber bigger than the two twenty three was using an mm-hmm. AR that nobody you hear of maybe one here or there on public land that's shot on accident. Yeah. But it's not like their intentions or intentionally doing it. So it's like if guns really were a problem, you'd have a serious problem on your hands. Mm-hmm. And I think the big thing that a lot of people don't bring up and needs to be talked about is the defensive the defensive uses of firearms in the United States. In the United States last year there was 1.6 million defensive uses of of a firearm uh, using a firearm to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. And like talking about having an AR what, you know, an AR that's a big thing with me is like if you even look at the statistics on deaths it's very minimal when it comes to rifles. It's like less. It's like right around a thousand. Whereas pistols, as say your main, your main issues are the pistols and a lot of shotgun deaths. Honestly, yeah. um. So I mean, even if they want to try to, I just I I guess I don't know. And I know it's a political, a political problem, and I know that the Democrats are losing their butts in the next the next step and the elections and so they're trying to just sway the issue from the economy i get that but i just i think the one that's probably the funniest out of all of them is beto like all the scrutiny he's kind of come under and did you see that book that he wrote Mm-mm. so there's a book that he wrote and there's like talking about his dreams and talking about his dreams about like killing kids like I'm not I'm being serious like talking about him like running kids over with the school bus. I think he was talking about his dreams or his nightmares or something, but I was like, why would he publish that? Yeah. It's really weird. And so he's come a lot under scrutiny for that, but <laughs> there was a he showed up to Greg Abbott's, which is the governor, Governor Abbott. Mm-hmm. Um he had a rally and was, you know, saying prayers for the all the people affected and that kind of stuff and 
um, <laughs> Beto showed up and was like trying to make his whole spiel and make his flash mob BS happen. <laughs> some guy was like, get the fuck off the stage. <laughs> You're just here to politicize these kids. Like, get the F out of here. It was really funny, man. I, <laughs> it's like that guy's a legend. If there's anybody else I dislike the most when it comes to uh, politics, is Beto, man. He's a worthless pile snake. He's he, like earlier this year. I kid you not. Earlier this year, he talked about how he wanted to defend defend the Second Amendment, whereas last year he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take your AR rifles." Mm-hmm. And so he's worthless. He's a he's a puppet. I mean, there's there's a lot of political puppets, but. Worthless sack of crap. <laughs> I mean, he's lost every pretty much every election he's been in. So, uh, suck it, Beto. Yeah. But talking about the next step in this whole thing. So, if you're gonna, you can make the argument back back and forth the AR rifles. I don't. I don't understand it, but I can understand people who try to make that art that that argument. The only thing I would say is like. What's what's your steps? Because you can do this whole stop of buy sell anything or making them like Canada did with pistols, but they're still going to be around. The only way you can actually manage to do this whole is a gun confiscation and buyback, which I don't think would ever make it through the courts anyway. Even if even, you, even if it did, I just I don't. The only way you'd be able to do it is do a constant constitutional amendment against the Second Amendment, and even then, well, I'd, that'd I'd, be a lot of collider, ladders to climb. A lot of ladders to climb, and I think if it, if something like that ever ha- happened, I civil war. Yeah, no, it would. I, I think it would get that bad. You got eighty-one billion gun owners. That's oh, I don't. I absolutely, I absolutely believe that if if something like that actually ever passed we would have a different country in a couple of years. Yeah. Like, it, it just would happen. Yeah. I, I mean, we already, I mean, people probably don't like to talk about it, but I feel like we already teeter on that at times. I mean, yeah. especially in the last couple of years. Um, I mean, it's something like that, that you get the wrong people mad and try and take the wrong things away. Something like that could happen. And, I kind of talked about this with my like this weekend. My brother, I, I love him to death. He's not a he's not a bad kid, bad adult, um, but he teeters more and le- leans more left than I do. And so we talked about gun control, which he's he's not for gun control. Um, he understand or he sees that really it's 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 a bigger issue and. We've talked about this from time to time on here. Um, and I've seen a lot of people making this movement with this whole situation. And I, I've seen some serious traction on it. And I appreciate it. Uh, people always want to go and blame the guns. But the reality is we got to think about, really, it's a mental health issue. And I've seen a lot of people trying to you know, voice their opinions on that. Now it's not necessarily the right people. Yeah. Um, I wish politicians would probably stand on that a little more and say that we have a mental health issue. Do I think that the mental health issue or uh, the mental health issues of this country are fixable? 
It depends on how you look at it. If you're like in a normal scenario, yes. Do I think it'll, sometimes they can? But from a religious aspect and my religion, yeah, I think that the only way that things are going to get fixed is. You know, second coming. <clears throat> no, I would say the second coming or uh, awakening or revival. If you think back to, oh, you're saying you're saying within that person. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I, well, you. I, I thought you were talking to, about it as a country. No. Well, yeah, I, I also agree with that because if you, I mean, if you look back into, is it the early? It was the early 1900s. There was called the Great Awakening, mm-hmm. and they used to. I mean have massive speeches on farms and um, they used to have basically like huge weekends of, of home revivals mm-hmm. or farm revivals. And I think that's that's what it's going to take. But the biggest thing about what has caused the degradation of uh, of mental health, in my opinion, is... The destruction of community, just in general. You know, I you used to talk about, if you take the steps of a, a nuclear family, what a nuclear family looks like nowadays is not what it used to in even mm-hmm. like the 50s and 60s. I think it's only like 40% of kids now live in a two-parent home. Yeah. Even, and I think that's even high. You think of um, a church a church community or even a community in general, like there's less and less kids going to church mm-hmm. and there's more and more people leaving the church. And then you talk about your, you know, your community outside of that, your, the, the place you live. Well, now we're even more divided because of politics. So you just see this constant division mm-hmm. that starts from the bottom and now is now is just making it out. I think that the destructive nature of the seventies and eighties, and the sexual revival, or not sexual revival, the, uh, gosh, I can't even think of the word, but I'm going to move on. Um, I think a lot of the communistic traditions and Marxist traditions that got into a lot of our nuclear families have now, you're just seeing the repercussions that have made their way out. Mm-hmm. They started in the family, and then the 80s and 90s, they made it into the church. They broke up a lot of the church, and now people are walking away from the church with atheistic ideas. And now a lot of those issues that come from the lack of community, from basic to your community where you live in, is now playing itself out. And so, yeah, that I mean, that does affect kids. It affects kids the most, and you see those kids eventually react. They break. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was Pretty interesting speaking to this. Um, it was a guy, and I won't get into much, but it was a, a church sermon. And he was talking about how the fact that um, kids have, and he comes from a, like, he helps with foster care kids. I won't get too much into it, but he talks about kids really only have two ways of viewing. They either have survival or growth. Mm-hmm. And because in that situation, they're constantly being moved around. They don't have a home. They don't have a community. They don't, they don't grow. Mm-hmm. And they only survive. And those kids really struggle with um, their emotional intelligence. And they have all significant behavior issues because of the emotional intelligence. Because they're in survival mode. 
And from what I've seen in that, the kid, and I don't, you know, I haven't researched it that much, but the kid from Uvalde seemed like some significant behavioral issues and emotional issues because of, I think bullying was a cause. I mean, and I think family issues were a huge issue. I believe he came from a broken home. So if you think about that, yeah. I mean, if he was in a survival mindset, never grown into the, really into the human being or the hum, the adult human being that he was supposed to be in and eventually just cracked, you know, it's, I think he's still garbage, but I also understand a little bit more why he did it. So, well, you, it's tough in these situations. These situations I always feel like are the hardest because not only are you like sad for all the families that, you know, lost people or potentially have injured loved ones. Um, but you also are, you also kind of have to think you missed someone. Like that person went under the radar or people didn't care enough and like come from a broken situation. And I'm not trying to justify his actions, that's for sure. But especially as, you know, as a, a Christian, I would say I'd rather, I you know, you would hope that people like that would be found. Yeah. Instead of gone down the path and, you know, led the way they were led. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I mean, I, look, you know, obviously it's one of those things where you're just like, that's a garbage human being, but at the same time you wish they could have, there could have been something between then and now that you could have, someone could have stepped up and done something, but at the same time, I, you know, to be honest with you, the guys that are listening on this podcast, I would say, you know, we have a very strong male listening. I'm just going to say it. It's up to you guys. I mean, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the issues that come from, you know, these these mental health issues and talking about families, like step up, be a father. You know, I, I'm in the position, I get it. I'm terrified of what's going to happen with having my first kid and having all those responsibilities, but it's really up to us to be able to step up and, guide those kids and in the way that they should be brought up morally and for me obviously bringing my my child up as a christian is obviously a massive aspect of my fatherhood but at the same time like i don't i don't you know i don't know that your situation uh listener i don't know your situation i don't know what you're going through but man all i can tell you is that i come from a place that my parents are divorced and I'll tell you right now, the 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 position my father always took is trying to, even if he got to spend one or two days a week, like the, he was there. Mm-hmm. And it made a serious impact on my life growing up. And so I wouldn't be here today because without him. And as a father, your, your impact on mental health is more than you could even fathom. And that doesn't even talk about being like a a crazy dad or awesome dad that can get the kids whatever they want or need or opportunity, but just being there, I mean, that's really all it takes. Mm -hmm. So if I can give anybody inspiration today, that would be it, man. You want to help solve this gun control problem, well, be a father. So I think 
majority of the gun deaths in this in this country is due to gang violence and most gang violence is based on the fact that those kids don't have fathers mm-hmm. and those gangs become their family their community well that's yeah a lot of those gangs they push the whole family aspect so there's another facet of this conversation I want to take another part of the gun control conversation and I've heard Grant or Shay's grandma say this to me and I just kept my mouth shut but She's like, well, why don't we just tax the crap out of ammunition ammunition, and make it so hard to get? That way people don't do this stuff. And it's like, Grammy. Grammy. <laughs> no, but that like that's usually a part of this conversation. And I think the situation that we're in, um, in the U.S., especially with the, the lack of the shortage of ammo, and everything that's going on, um, I think that there's a lot of people that are for gun control that says, well, if there's nothing we could do about the Second Amendment, let's do that. And I think that what they're trying to do is de-incentivize the use of, the use of firearms. Now, <laughs> is a criminal that really wants to do evil things, is that in any way going to stop them? No, come no. on. If they're willing to buy an illegal, wep- illegal weapon or do whatever they can to do what they're going to do, they're going to do it. So it's not going to stop them from doing what they're going to do. So I think that if you go down that road, I think the only person you hurt is the American sportsman, and therefore you hurt conservation. Because, you know, especially like if you think about, I don't know, like how much you know of California, but man, it's... It's really tough to get ammo out there. Like, you have to go mm-hmm. in and, like, do a background check just to get ammo. Yeah. And if, say, you go buy uh, a few boxes of ammo, and then, say, you look over and, like, oh, man, look, they've got a box of two twenty-two long rifle. <sighs> now you got to run through another background check. Yeah. And you have to pay for every background check you do. It's, like, five bucks, I think. And then it depends. If they don't come back... Say they don't run you, they run you through a system, and it doesn't come right back. Like you can't leave that yeah. ammo; you have to leave it there. So I think that you know, for the series sportsmen, do I think it stops people? No, but I think the struggle that we even have in the, our community are the people that hunt one to five times a year. Mm-hmm. That can honestly de incentivize them from ever going hunting. Well, I think, I mean, just take this situation before, like, or take this situation. I mean, just as we were getting ready to start talking tonight, you were looking up numbers of permits purchased. I mean, there was a shocking amount of people that, uh, on the positive side, that bought permits Yeah. when COVID started Yeah. because people were looking for something to do. And those are the kind of people that we need to get out there. Yep. We need to see those people keep hunting. Like, they took the opportunity to find a new hobby or potentially revitalize a hobby. And if you, you know, make it so they can't even afford to go do the hobby, which, regardless, I mean, not to be that person, regardless as to taxing ammo, hunting season's going to get really expensive this next fall. Yeah. Um, 
All right, so the the line of statistics, I think it came into it kicked in in 2019. There was 258,000 hunting licenses sold California and then 2020 it jumped up to 286. Yeah. So I mean there was 20 almost 25,000 that, That's more. in California. Yeah. I mean that's that's a state that you it's a struggle yeah. to hunt in. Imagine the states that you know, don't have as many regulations. I can tell you from a sport, sportsman's perspective, both for fishing and hunting in the state of Nebraska, I have never seen as many people as I've seen in the last two and a half years. Yeah. Never. That first spring when COVID hit, there was not a lake that didn't have basically wall-to-wall people around it. Yeah, absolutely. Because people were looking for something they could do outside of their house. And yeah. there was... I mean, the state even considered putting regulations on how many people could be at a lake at one time because of COVID. I mean, I don't think that would have stopped people, but there yeah. wasn't a lake that didn't have a bunch of people over it. And then that duck season is really when I honestly started seeing a crazy amount of people. Now, part of that was drought. Part of that was, I think, COVID. But now 2020 or last year 2021 it was from 286 to 268 so you had about a so you still gained about 20,000 roughly 14 15,000 yeah so I mean, I mean there isn't growth but I mean a lot of those people obviously fell off well you get people that are like I'll do it one time to try it yeah. and they may not like it or they just may not get I mean yeah the big the big one of the big growths on that 2020 season. Uh, well, I guess I'm surprised. I mean, the non-resident two-day hunting didn't really go up. Let me see if I see anything else that jumps out to me. It looks like the the junior hunting license, there was 3,000 more. So there's almost 3,000 more kids that can, came out. That was huge. But, yeah, it was just looked like resident hunting just kicked up almost – 15,000. So now that this conversation is both, we're talking about gun control and ways to protect sportsmen. I have been trying to find a place to slide this in. There is one thing that I think really I feel like it should be done or offered throughout schools that I think would both help with gun safety and trying to get people interested in the outdoors. Colorado passed a bill that offers hunter safety courses in school now. That's pretty legit. Like I that is fantastic. I can't believe that doesn't happen in Nebraska, but I mean they probably it, it there's an option for it, I'm sure, but I can't believe we don't like push for it to happen in schools like regularly. But, I mean, I know that people are probably like, oh, my goodness, so there's going to be guns at the school. Well, more than likely not. More than likely there will be a field trip kind of day. You'll go to a a range somewhere that it's very controlled. But still, it gives those people that are interested in stuff like that and who want to learn the proper way and hear the proper rules. Yeah. I mean. I don't know, man. It's those uh, Colorado uh, safety guides, you know, <laughs> well, don't know what deer and elk are. I guess not, but <laughs> hey, 
Sorry. I won't, shade, I won't shade roast the, the dude too much. But shade the room. <laughs> but I think <laughs> steps like that attack two problems. The two problems we're talking about, too. Because hunter safety courses, I mean, when I so when I took my hunter safety course, which I think the first year you can take it in the state of Nebraska is when you turn 11, if I remember right. I think so. 11 um, or 12. 11 or 12. But when I took it, half the people in the room were there because they wanted basically the gun safety aspect of it. Hmm. Like, if, I mean, assuming that your courses are in depth, and go into gun safety, which, uh, at least in Nebraska, the gun safety, I mean, is pushed. I mean, heck, I can remember it vividly. I don't know if they still play the video anymore, but, like, I remember sitting in the room, and they play this, like, five-minute-long video of these two kids who go out and shoot pop cans with a twenty-two, and the one kid's, like, still got two or three shots left in the gun, and it's, like, walking down this leafy hillside and slips and, like, shoots the other kid, Mm. which is terrible. But, like, you know, as an 11-year-old who's interested in the stuff and is just, you know, getting used to having a gun in his hand and whatnot, it definitely makes you think about that hunter safety or that just that gun safety, you know. Where's your barrel at? Make sure your gun's on safety, you know. Yada, yada, all those fun steps. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I remember taking hunter safety. Well, I technically took it twice. One, I'll go back. I was a I was small. My brother was taking it, so I just went along because mm-hmm. there's nothing else I was doing, and it was the summertime. And then the second time I was at, I actually took it, but it was funny. I I was just sitting there and didn't have anything going on because I was a kid and cell phones didn't really exist at that point. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the safe, the hunter safety guy ended up giving me the test with it. And he's like, well, just see how you do. And I only was only like two questions off of passing <laughs> Yeah, the first time. And then I took it and I was fine. But yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. But no, I think, I think hunter safety, gun safety in general would do it. A huge aspect of not, I think it would just almost help the ignorance side of guns. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it would really tamp down the amount of fear that happens with guns and all the craziness. Cause there's, I mean, I think because of, I mean, to put this, and I hate to say this, but put it in perspective. Um, you know, I know that school shootings are awful and everything that's happened, but even if you go back to the nineties and count up, all the shootings since Columbine. I mean, there's only been, I hate to say this, but there's only been a few thousand kids that have died. I I wouldn't say only. Every life that has been lost in that situation is awful, and I feel awful for every single family member that's had to deal with that. I will say the Second Amendment was made because of tyranny, not because of... Mm -hmm criminal action and if you take that versus communistic and marxist governments that are tyrannical and have killed millions and millions of people that's what our guns are for Mm -hmm. they're they're not to defend i mean they're they're not to defend i should take that back they are to defend in those scenarios with a good human being taking down a bad human being 
it's quite clear that in the defensive use of a firearm, it's in a good situation because a lot of those situations, someone didn't put down the even evil person, you're going to have a mass shooting that you're going to hear about, but you don't hear about it because the news has obviously one viewpoint. Garbage. But getting back to what I was saying, you know, there's that's what it, that's what our Second Amendment was made for, and I think a lot of times that gets missed when these situations come up, and I think the mm-hmm. fear that is just thrown around when something like this happens only happens that are wrenched by the people that have the emotion behind it because they don't understand guns, and then it gets to the point where, you know, some people really start to understand, and this is the the, the trigger word they always use, common sense gun control. They can never tell you what it is, what it is, and if, even if they do tell you what it is, they're never really telling you the truth because what those people really want is gun confiscation, mm-hmm. but then they don't actually want to say that. They don't want to say it because they know saying those words is what will end the conversation. Yeah, because they know people don't actually want that, but that's where they want to go. Well, I mean, take for instance, I mean, when Biden got into office, did you ever read his entire gun control plan? I mean, he wanted to make it so that, like, I mean, the biggest gauge of shotgun I think we could own was a 28-gauge. Really? Like, so there was that, and then, like, I don't even remember what rifles would have looked like. Wanted to pretty much get rid of pistols. It was crazy. I mean, it never went anywhere because it was like too much. Yeah. Obviously. And I think you hit it right. Like a lot of people tend to forget that why we have the Second Amendment. Even this weekend when I was talking to my brother with it and he wasn't like, ignorant to it but we were the second amendment came up and he was like isn't the second amendment to protect ourselves from tyranny from you know you know total government control basically yeah and i was like that's exactly why we have it that's exactly why we shouldn't advocate for it to not exist anymore like i mean i i'm a i'm an odd duck um, I know there's people that will disagree with me on this one. I don't necessarily care um, about some background checks. You get a background check when you buy a gun anyways in the state of Nebraska. Um, that Stuff like that doesn't bother me. I know some people are like, you shouldn't know what I have and what I don't have. Um, but I'll take a background check if it means that my guns aren't going anywhere. I struggle with the background checks and I continue... Uh, growth of background checks from the fact of from uh, from the point of view that uh, it doesn't seem to be accomplishing what it's for you know and this is the other thing I want to I want to kind of taper in and talk about red flag laws but talking about background checks most of these guys that have been doing these school shootings have taken the legal route to buy a gun he he, he that kid, and backing up to the Buffalo shooter, both of those were on the FBI list, like the mm-hmm. red flag list, but the FBI didn't do anything. Yeah. And I get that they probably have this gigantic list. Yeah. I'm, pr- I'm probably on it. But at the same time, like, 
uh, like, it doesn't obviously seem to be doing what it's supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So at this point, like, okay, it it obviously is just for fireworks and nooks and crannies. Like, there's no reason to it except for us spending a bunch of money on nothing. Mm-hmm. For the FBI to not do their job. That's what I see. Yeah. And I struggle in that situation. So it's like, is that money better spent somewhere else? It's like, instead of, let's scrap. Well, first of all, let's scrap the FBI and create something new because they're awful. Won't get into that. But take that take that money that we're using for all that crap and use it to arm, arm these places. Because 94% of these mass shootings are happening in gun-free zones. Uh-huh. So let's arm some suckers. <laughs> like we get a whole vet population that doesn't have a job. I would not homeless. I would not be surprised if uh especially because of this one cuz that whole aspect is being pushed really hard again this time, which is yeah. that teachers at least one or two depending on the size of the school should have you know a, con- a conceal and carry. Yeah. Um, especially with how the cops were unable to get in or whatever ended up happening with this one. Yeah. I would not be surprised if states like Texas, a very, well, sadly shifting state because of the bigger cities, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see some of those higher, or, you know, gun-free areas turned into not-so-gun-free areas. Absolutely. And I'm I'm for that. Here's the next step of this conversation. They want to talk gun or common sense gun gun reform or gun control or however they want to put it. But the biggest problem that I have on my edge of it and talking to liberals is talking about this gun control issues. They always want to say common sense gun control as in they want to compromise. Well, let's come to a compromise. It's like, no, you just want me to give up my rights. You're not coming up with anything. And I think this is as clear as day when it comes to red flag laws. And why I say that, so what a red flag law is, and thank goodness this didn't pass in Nebraska, but basically if you find a community member like a friend or a neighbor that sees someone that's struggling, say mental health, that thinks that they're going to be a harm to themselves or to others, can file and get those guns taken from whoever's going through that. Mm -hmm. Now, a couple problems I have with this. Number one, if they're going to commit suicide, they're going to find another way, even if it's not guns. Mm -hmm. Two, if it's them harming someone else, truthfully, they could still do something else. But at least I can understand that. You take that ink. Angle on this. Sorry, not to interrupt you too much. Yeah, you take that angle. I mean, I was again. Me and my brother went into gun control for like an hour, but that was one aspect I brought up. I mean, think of the UK. It's very limited uh, access to guns in the UK. Yep. And so, what what crimes happen a lot? Stabbings, Stabbings and beatings. Yep. Like, and then, pe- people are still going to harm people if they uh, desire to. And that person no longer has any way to try to defend themselves. Yeah. And the the big thing on that 
the big thing on that is, you know, when people ask me about that, it's like, well, do you want do you want a woman to be raped? What do you mean? Well, if you take a gun away, there's absolutely no way she's going to be able to stop a man. Mm-hmm. I, okay, I'm six foot, two hundred pounds. Could someone that's five four, a hundred and twenty pounds stop me? That's fucked up to think about, but no, there's no way. The only equalizer is a gun. I mean, I guess it's a taser, but they only work half the time. So really, like, in that scenario, you, do you want that person to be raped? Because that's the only way you're really going to stop them. Yeah. So that's a question. So back to red flag. So, yeah, I mean, anything anything could work. Now, on a massive scale, like, well, it'll stop mass shootings. Like, well, it's pretty easy to create a bomb if you're an old FBI list. Here we go. I mean, really, like, people can figure it out. Like, it's not that hard. Sorry, but my, I had a little cousin that packed a crap ton of fireworks into uh, the pla- or the paper, the paper cannon part where he stuck the artillery shell, mm-hmm. packed a crap ton of powder in there and up bl- almost blowing himself up. Mm. <laughs> Genius. But I'm Genius. just saying, like, it doesn't take that much careful consideration on how to do some serious damage quickly yeah. if they didn't have a gun. You know, obviously they're choosing what they think is going to work best. I get that. But so back to the compromise part. The The problem I have about all that is there's never any compromise. Now, talking about the red flag thing is now my biggest thing about red flag and I why I dislike it as much is because if you have a scorned, say, like a neighbor or an ex-girlfriend, mm-hmm. it's r- seriously easy for them to just call up the courts and file this yeah. red flag issue, and then somebody like say me, my guns could just be gone forever in the bureaucratic system. Yeah, and the chances of me ever getting them back are slim to none. Yeah, and so, I mean, I think the timeout periods, without even any like say if there's no evidence at all, I think the timeout periods at least a year. So I could lose a hunting season just because I've yeah. got a scorned girlfriend that's pissed off, ex girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So. My problem is about some of these systems are there's never any accountability when it comes to these situations. One, there is an accountability to the FBI when they fail. Mm-hmm. There's never anything. When does, like say one of these school shooters, there's never any accountability. Um, there's never any accountability with politicians and all the crap they spew. Like <clears throat> the divisiveness. And I'm not, you know, it happens on both sides. I agree Trump's divisive. Mm-hmm. I also agree that there's several Democratic senators like Nancy Pelosi that are very divisive, like Chuck Schumer. Like, it, it's not just one way or the other. The other part about this accountability issue is save red flag laws. You know, scoring girlfriend says that there's no evidence. I think that she should be prosecuted. I think she should just be as liable to go to jail as somebody else that decided to run their mouth. It's like, if there's no evidence, yeah. like, yeah, I think there should be some serious accountability there. And I think that's why I struggle with the most because there's never any accountability on the other side. There is on one side. It's like, no, you just want to take my rights away. And then they get mad at you when you say, no, like, we're not doing this. It's like, well... Like, why would you want to kill kids? Like, no, I don't want to kill kids. 
I knew this was going on at my local school right down the street, and I know that some guy is heading in there to shoot some kids of, like, I'd be the first to go in there and take him out. I had no problem doing that. And I remember, like, I was having a conversation with a guy on TikTok or on Instagram Reels. He posted something like this, like, when are we going to do something about it? And, I, like, I gave all my information, and he's like, well, you just want to, I guess you want to kill, or kids kill. It's like, no, like, I'll take my AR and go fight that guy. I have no problem. Yeah. So, I just, like, at some point I agree, something, something's got to happen, but what happens I think a lot of people disagree about. But what's your thoughts? On that? Yeah. Just on the accountability part. Uh, I, I, I mean, I agree with that. Actually, that's something that I've always said pertaining to um, other terrible things. I mean, uh, man, this this conversation. I'm sure I can see somebody ending up in my DMs, just throwing a little shade at me. But I've always said that when it comes to the conversation of rape. I mean, I think if it, for instance, there's been several football stars that, you know, were accused of rape, literally lost scholarships, didn't make their way to the NFL, and then a couple of years down the road it comes out that um, it was all fake. The woman was just messed, you know, pissed off that he denied her or something like that. And, you know, but, of course, the conversation is, well, there's, you know, that does happen and people get away with it and yada yada. I mean, I'm just going to tell you right now, man. Amber Heard is going to be taking a shit on your pillow. Well, Amber Heard's $15 million less rich right now. So I don't know. Like, I, that, I was going to go right there. I mean, I. She's going to start selling some feet pics real quick. <laughs> she's going to start really producing whoever her crack dealer is. Cause <laughs> but no, I mean, she's, an, she's a perfect example of that. I mean, she defamed and verbally abused and probably physically abused Johnny Depp. Don't get me wrong. Johnny Depp, I don't think, is a perfect, just a saint. I mean, there were some things that came out during that trial that were real interesting on his end, too. But there was clear evidence and a lot that supported it that she defamed and verbally and probably physically abused him. And he, I mean, he won for a reason. And I completely agree with it. I think we need to keep men and women accountable. So I agree with you on the accountability thing. That's what I'm saying is that, you know, in a situation, if somebody red flagged me because they were mad at me and they red flagged me for no reason and I lost my opportunity to hunt and own guns and went through that whole process, I would I would go after them too. I would go after the person that um, red flagged me and I'd also go for the individuals that ran the process of red flagging me and yeah. not doing enough background checking to see it. And, of course, the fact that they miss people like the kid from Texas or don't do anything about the kid from Texas. Yeah. I mean, 
for the people that don't want to admit that the big man is watching us. I mean, they're they're always watching us, and so the, I'm I'm sure they probably knew that that kid had some messed up ideas. I'm sure. I mean, just based off research on his computer, probably. I mean, well, I just like even he posts on his social media is about shooting up a school. It's like, yeah, good God. If he put a gun anywhere, it seems like anymore. It's like, boom, I guarantee if you post something about COVID, like, Oh, the algorithm is going to hit you in point two seconds. You can't do, you can't even put the word COVID in a post anymore. And it just gives the, uh, fake, maybe, you know, false, whatever that false news. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could say anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, COVID is bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly false. Like, yeah. are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> and yet, some some kid could just post that on social media. Like, how about we, like, flag and send the FBI? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they probably won't do anything because they're worthless, but at the same time, you know, maybe, maybe they'll do something. Probably not. I don't know. They probably did see that. They're just like, eh. Well, I, I would. White House will be happy I would about have, this. I'd have to go through days and days of group chat, but one of my buddies and like this big group chat where we talk about, talk about well, we send lots of memes and then talk about political stuff too. I mean, he just ran through all the stuff that this kid bought. I mean, he had about nine thousand dollars worth of gear. Yep. And he bought it in less than 24 hours. At, like, And it was less than a week after he turned 18. And, you know, he had part-time jobs. I mean, my guess is he probably threw it all on a credit card. It may have not even been his, which is probably bad for whoever sold it to him. Or the question is, is where did he get it from? If it wasn't sold to him from, you know, a, a marketplace... Who gave it? Who got it to him? I mean, makes you wonder. Yeah, well, that's. I don't want to be that conspiracy theorist kind of person, but the gun control thing was getting a little quiet, and with midterms sneaking around the corner. Yeah, I mean, they had that as soon as he got. Uh, not too long after he got elected, they tried to come up with something, and they got shut down real quick. It never went anywhere. And then, I mean, you didn't hear from it for a while. And then it hap- that Buffalo shooting happened, and you didn't hear squat from none of them because, well, it was in Buffalo, New York. It's in a liberal city with all, I mean, literally, you can't do very liberal gun control uh, laws in the state of New York, but really in Buffalo, New York City. And, uh, of course, I mean, they don't say anything about that. Well, and the other thing they don't, I mean, in the midst of, well, this whole Texas thing is happening, I think it was in West Virginia. I don't remember what state it was. I I read and saw a few videos on it, but um, amidst the conversation of the whole Texas shooting here a couple weeks ago, there was a guy that came into a busy place in, I, like I said, I think it was West Virginia, and I think he got two shots off before a, carry, a person was carrying conceal. 
ended that whole conversation. And the media didn't say anything about that, and they never do about those situations. Yeah. Because it doesn't push their narrative. No. Nope. It doesn't push what they want to see. I mean, that like those situations are quite literally the arguments that need to be made and shown and talked about, but they won't. That's why I hate media, and I, man, I can't even stand to watch it anymore. No, I refuse. <laughs> Once in a while, I'll look if I'm, you know, say in the airport or something, you I'll kind of look saucy. It <laughs> just looking at it. But no, I agree. I um, have you have you ever looked or have you ever heard? I guess do you know the name Project Veritas? Mm-hmm. So Project Veritas, they do undercover. They're conservatives. I'll just make that clear. But they do undercover uh, investigations on stuff. And they had, what they, a lot of times they do is they catfish people, Mm -hmm. get them to sit down and, you know, kind of get them all gingered up a little bit and then like get talking about stuff. Well, there was uh, a guy that I'm almost sure he was, I don't know if he was gay. I can't remember what happened, but there was basically got him down sitting in a bar. Um, A guy came up to him and started talking to him and. You know, got him a couple drinks in him and starts talking about Twitter because that's where he worked at. Yeah. And he's a software engineer and talking about, like, how that how they actually shadow ban people and what they're doing. And, like, he was just, you know, being, being a Twitter employee, just running his mouth and being honest at that point. Mm-hmm. Talking about, yeah, he's like, our employees are commie as fuck and, like, all of us are leftists and like we all believe in uh, shutting down free speech and you know that's what people don't realize like the more that people wake up to that crap happening like the better Mm because that stuff has been going on for a while I just don't think a lot of people under really knew it or understood it until Trump came around Mm -hmm. and now I think things have changed but I don't think things are going to I don't think things are going to truly change, especially in the media apparatus. Uh, why I say that is because, I mean, it's whether you're willing to admit it or not, but there's still a lot of people that watch those bullshit places, and they still have a lot of money. And so because they have a lot of money, they have a lot of buy power, mm-hmm. and then they force these social medias to do certain things. You know, like YouTube used to be the free landscape of... Mm-hmm free speech and ideas and videos. And like, you know, we talk about how it's so hard to get traction on YouTube now. It's because there's two parts of this. They want to shut down anything conservative or guns or anything to do with that. So they shadow ban it, but they also shadow ban conservatives. Like, you know, like Steven Crowder or the Hodge twins or, you know, Ben Shapiro or Candace Owens, mm-hmm. you know, they want to shut that stuff down as much as possible because they don't want those ideas getting out. And some of that comes from, like, they don't want any version of new media coming out because they don't want, they want to have the monopoly on the news. So they don't want anybody else getting popular. And that, and that, doesn't, that doesn't just span on YouTube either. That's all social medias. So... I mean, yeah, they like regulations because it keeps them in power. Yep. But, I mean, it is <laughs> talking about new woke new media and all that BS. It was really 
it just it made my day to watch CNN drop their their new app, and <laughs> within a month they couldn't yeah, they couldn't they even couldn't make it a month. Yeah, they couldn't. Even. So I just enjoyed. And then there was a study about the bias of media sources, and my mother in law consistently fights me on the fact that NPR is not leftist. Oh. And it came out, and they were very clearly leftist, and I sent that to her. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> she wasn't super happy about that, but you know they're they're a public media source, so they're 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 objective. Yeah, whatever. The news comes out. The truth. The truth is on fire. All right, buddy. You got anything else? Ugh. Probably, but it'll last another an hour and 20 minutes and 49 seconds. <laughs> I mean, this is something we could go on and on and on about. I mean, I guess I just encourage people to be educated. Well, be educated when this comes up. Vote for it. How you feel, how you feel or feel fit coming up. I mean, obviously... With uh, the the elections coming up here in November, it's going to make a big difference on who you vote for and how things turn out. Uh, it also goes down to your, you know, going as far down as your local elections. A lot of people don't give that a lot of clout, but at the same time, like, people can make big differences on, you know, your city council or from the mayor's office. Like, I swear to goodness, if... Or a dipshit gets elected again. I'm going to lose it. Dude, that gets me ground up real quick. I don't think it'll happen. Ah, she's... But, so, local elections can be just as important in city ordinances uh, as as it is on national elections. So, make sure to get, get in and get voted for that kind of stuff. Um... And I'm curious. I'm curious on how Jim Pillen does. I mean, he's definitely going to win over the. I think it's Carol Blood. They got. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Blood. Yeah. I. Honest, I. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how he does. What do you think of him? Who do you? I'm just curious. Who P- do you vote Pillen for? is who I've been I've, following along the most. I did you vote in the primaries? I, dude, I didn't honestly even know what day it was. I. That's I me. voted for the other ones. I could not vote for the governor primary because I could not make a decision. I honest couldn't, honest to goodness couldn't. So there was Jim Pillen, there's Herbster, and then there was Lindstrom. See, I was in like I was struggling between Herbster and Pillen, like in my head as to what I who I would have. Obviously, I didn't end up getting to vote, which is bad and and uneducated on my part. I know, not knowing what day it was even on. But um, Herbster, I probably could have made a solid uh, argument for because, I mean, he was Trump. Trump endorsed him, I believe. Yeah, Herbster was the one Trump endorsed. Yeah. But where where he lost me was that he started uh, just slandering Pillen because Pillen's got a misdemeanor charge from, like, 20 years ago or something like that when he was in college. Yeah. 
I mean, you do the you do the numbers, probably guess what was happening in college and why he would have a misdemeanor. I mean, I mean, could have been drinking under the age. I don't know what it was for, but it just kind of started hate speeching him on it, and I don't, I don't really want politicians that are going to do stuff like that. Yeah, and then there was something that came out that there was a couple of sexual assault yeah. people coming up that said something about him. So I just that was the big struggle with I. Uh, Lindstrom, I did like him. He seemed pretty clean, but he's he wanted expansion into gambling, and I didn't. I like where we're at right now with the few casinos are going to get up, mm-hmm. go get going, but I'm not huge on having casinos everywhere. The other big reason that I would stand by Pillen and I'll vote for him when uh, the election comes comes around, um, he's actually got a pretty decent stance for the game in parks. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Like As a hunter, obviously, we haven't had somebody like that in a while. Yeah. And I think it's important. Especially as, unfortunately, due to numbers increasing, Nebraska is becoming a, a little bit of a split state. Yeah. Which breaks my heart, but I want somebody who can support that. Yeah, absolutely. So, All right, let's get off of here. Yeah. All right, everybody, appreciate you listening to this. If you guys got some... Um, honestly, if, you, if you've got some... Things you want us to talk about, please send it our way. I mean, it's summertime, yeah, so it's the off season. We're struggling to find things. We sat for like forty five minutes tonight, coming up with <laughs> ideas. I mean, we've it's great to have guests on, and I really enjoyed like having Ted on and stuff. So we'll continue to do that. Just some of these nights when things kind of go awry with the COVID thing, and just kind of coming up with the idea. Um, just kind of throws us for a loop sometimes. So if you got something you really want us to talk about, the show's for you guys. So uh, send it our way or post on our Facebook uh, group, Bigger Hunters Podcast Fans Forums. Uh, jump in there, join, and then should, you know send us, post what you'd like us to talk about. So, all right, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good night.